Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Spencer Callen here tonight on this special edition of Talking Circles, just because Mother Nature wouldn't let us do it a little earlier. The Cup Series race at Texas Motor Speedway went through the longest rain delay I can remember as a race fan. 72-hour rain delay. The race started on Sunday. They ran about 40 laps. Then the caution came out, and it was a 72-hour rain delay. They finished up last night, Wednesday night, at Texas Motor Speedway, and it was a race that ended with Kyle Busch in victory lane as he held off Martin Truex Jr. It was Kyle's first win of the season. Uh, it looked for a while here in 2020 that Kyle was going to go winless, and yet he pulls it off here with just two races, three races to go at the end of the year, Texas, Martinsville, and then, of course, Phoenix to end the season. But he only had a couple of races to go. He does it, pulls it off, holds off his teammate Martin Truex Jr. and a solid run by Christopher Bell in the process. Uh, it was a really a Toyota show. Truex and Bush had the best cars. You know, Harvick hit the wall on Sunday early in the event. He was never right after that, Spencer. And Hamlin lost his track position after almost spinning and wrecking on Sunday as well. So those two things, I think, really knocked the guys who we normally see on these mile-and-a-half tracks that are normally up front. It really knocked them kind of towards the back, and they were non-factors for the rest of the day. Hamlin also, I believe, got a little bit of damage in an accident with uh, Mac Kenseth. Uh, there yesterday, about uh, 10 or 15 laps after they started going, Hamlin got involved in that one as well. But it really put that race op- wide open for everybody else. And Kyle Busch was able to capitalize. What were your thoughts on Kyle Busch's win uh, at Texas Motor Speedway? Yeah, I mean, he was cutting pretty close to not win this year. I mean, there's two races left, and he could very well go win Martinsville and Phoenix. I mean, he won Phoenix. She swept Phoenix last year, and um, – and, you know, the same weekend um, in the Xfinity and Cup. So he knows how to get it done anywhere on the circuit. So, you know, this is a lot of momentum, so he can very well win three races this year. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned, you know, with Harvick and Hamlin, the, you know, the championship favors that, you know, they seems like they won a quarter of the races this year just alone. They might have, actually. So, um, yeah, with them having trouble early on, you know, it kind of set them back, and they were playing catch-up all race. Um you know, with Hamlin almost spinning into the turn, and uh, that was just a handful of laps in, um, got shoved up the racetrack or whatever happened. It was misting pretty hard. I don't know if the rain helped him there. but um, So, yeah, and then he had the incident with Matt Kenseth. So those guys just couldn't catch a break. Harvick, um, I believe, finished 16th or 15th, somewhere around there, but he was in the back all day. They were just never able to recover. Um, but they're still, you know, good on um, points. I, they're still above the cut line, which is good for them heading into Martinsville. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Truex up there all day. Unfortunately, him finishing second still has him below the cut line. So he's in a must-win situation pretty much at Martinsville. Um, Chase Elliott's pretty much in a must-win. It's going to be tough for them to not to make it and not win. Um, you know, somebody would have to wreck on, like, lap, like, before the first stage is even over. And even then, I don't know if they can get in. So, um, yeah, so it was a pretty crazy race for the two favorites to have trouble um you know they're i had them in my fantasy lineup so um you know i fully expected them to go out and you know dominate because uh hamlin won texas um last year um so they're i mean they're they're the favorites i mean and you expect them to do that so um with those two guys having their troubles who knows if it would have had kyle bush win if they didn't have their troubles but yeah kyle bush was able to get it done for his first win this year i think that's 16 straight seasons I mean, he wanted to keep it going, and, you know, that's he's trophy hunting now at this point. So um, he's going to go out and run hard and try to win those races. Yeah, and it was a good run for Clint Boyer, who, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to the rest of the results here in a little bit, but a guy who I want to mention quick was Boyer, who just had a really fast race car. Um, when that race restarted on, on, on Wednesday, you know, it didn't look like on Sunday, for whatever reason, Boyer was all that fast, but when he got to the – track position he needed got to the front he hung up there and, and did a great job and had a really fast number 14 forward and on one of the pit stops in the middle of the race they didn't get the 14 car all all the way fueled up and it really hurt him because he had he was off sequence with everybody else he had the pit with about 15 laps to go from the lead and he ended up finishing um in the 17th position a lap down so that really hurt the 14 car boyer obviously if you know 
if you've been buried under a rock, he's going to retire at the end of the season. And um, Chase Briscoe's taking over the number 14 for, for next season. So, you know, he would have gone out late in his career with a victory. It would have been cool to see. But certainly a guy who had a chance to, to capitalize on the misfortunes of Kevin Harvick and on the misfortunes of Denny Hamlin and wasn't able to do it. But as far as Harvick was concerned, you know, there was a time in that race yesterday I thought, okay, this 14 team is going to be is, is fig- figuring it out. They got to the top 10 towards the end of stage one. I'm like, okay, they're going to they're gonna end up in a decent, decent day. And what happens is when you have a car that um, is damaged, you spend a lot of time, and they did this yesterday, they spent a lot of time trying to fix the damage on that four car. And what it ultimately does is, especially when you're in a race that you weren't expecting to go from day to night, it goes from day to night, and the adjustments that you try to do to keep up to the race car, you're a step behind or two. And I felt like that four car, for whatever reason, certainly the damage didn't help it, but they were a step or two behind to keep it up to keep up with the racetrack, and it got them behind. And, and that those last two runs, Harvick was never really the same car, wasn't really um, putting lap times together the way he should have, and ended up in the 16th position. Uh, as we go deeper in the field, we talked about Kyle Busch was your winner. Mark Trix Jr. was second. I talked about Christopher Bell earlier. Christopher Bell deserves a ton of credit. This is a team uh, in Levine Family Racing that, that is going away at the end of the year. There was a point in the middle of that race he was turning the fastest lap times consistently. It seemed like, for whatever reason, whether that was the 18 and 19 worked on their cars and got them better, the 95 wasn't nearly as fast towards the tail end of that race as it was as he was uh, in the middle of the event. But that was a great run for him in that organization. And a couple other guys in the top five had solid days. Ryan Blaney in fourth. You know, Blaney's had a lot of speed this year in that 12 car, but they just haven't been able to finish and put races together. Alex Bowman, we've seen him uh, last week at Kansas. He finished third. This week at Texas, he finishes fifth. So a solid couple of runs there. But forgot a couple of guys who really needed Spencer to finish in the top five, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, and Alex Bowman. Solid days for those guys. Yeah, especially for the 95. I mean, they're at the end. Uh, he was sticking with Truex, and they were running down the uh, 14 and the eight uh, and the 18. And Boyer had to pit. There was time where I thought for a second they were going to get to the 18, and it was going to be between the 19 and the 95 because they were catching them pretty quick. And then they got within I don't know second second and a half, and they stalled out, and the 95 started falling back. But yeah, I mean he he had the fastest lap of the race. Um, and he was faster than the leader in the 19, like you just mentioned. Uh, for, you know, his car was really, really good in the long runs. And, you know, he's had a couple good runs this year. He ran really good at Pocono on that flat, fast racetrack. Um, and then he came here and, you know, ran really well. So they brought their speed. Um, you know, whether they got a, a better car from Gibbs that race, I don't know. But um, he deserves a ton of credit. And, you know, he's a hell of a race car driver. Um, it's just this year he's you know, not in the equipment that, you know, like he will be in next year with the 20 cars. So, um, yeah. And then for Blaney, you know, he's had a lot of speed all year. But unfortunately, I feel when, like in Blaney's career, he's he's that guy that is just, I feel like he's never going to, I should say never, um, he's going to be kind of like Chase. It's going to take him a while to really start winning a lot. Um, and Chase, you know, he's finally there winning races every year. And, you know, you got Blaney just wins that one race a year, one race a year. Runs really well. He just can't close him off, and he had the speed to do it. I feel like if he would have got out front um, in the clean air, he might have could have done something. But um, And then Bowman to be in the playoffs, you know, for him to go out and finish fifth. You know, he's had speed at time, a lot of times this year, and then some races, you know, he wouldn't even be in the conversation. So um, I think Hendrick is, uh, they found some speed. And then, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about Hendrick here in a little bit, but um, those three guys, you know, uh, third through fifth had solid runs, good points. Unfortunately for the 95 and the 12 year, it's all about winning. Um, And the 88, he's still going to have to win going into Martinsville, but it could have been worse. He could have finished 25th. So um, good day by him too. Well, and you mentioned it's all about winning, especially for that 95 team, as we've talked about at Nauseam. The 95 is going away at the end of the year. Christopher Bell is going to move into the 20. But for the 12, you know, they can build off a, sol- a couple of solid runs here in 2020. 
and get that momentum going into 2021. Because you're absolutely right. Blaney's won one race here. That he's sort of been the one one race uh, year winner here the last three or four years. And you know, eventually that is going to get people sitting there scratching their head, going, "What are, is this? What Ryan Blaney is?" Um, and I t- wrote an article about this, and, and just saying, you know, to me, he's got to be a little bit better. Um, I thought this year was a disappointing year for him, considering how much speed they had, and they only won one race and didn't even make it out of the first round of the playoffs. But uh, that's my goal from him. You know, I have a good, solid run at Martinsville and a good, solid weekend at Phoenix, and I sit there and go, you know what? We finished up the year with three top ten finishes. We had solid weekends, something we can build off of. I'm going to have the same crew chief next year. I doubt they're going to change the crew chief after changing it in, in January like they did um, with every team on that Hendrick, on that uh Team Penske deal. So I think, you know, they can build off that, get some momentum going on, and move into 2020. And moving a little bit deeper in the field, Brad Kozlowski was sixth. He was happy with his car. He ran very well. Kurt Busch, seventh. Matthew Benedetto, eighth. Denny Hammond, we talked about a little bit a little bit earlier, ninth. And uh, Joey Logano was tenth. The other couple of other guys who are very interesting runs. Jo- uh, Austin Dillon, a good run in 11th. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., a great run in the 12th spot. Uh, we've seen that 47 t- car at times this year, really performed very, very well. William Byron, 13th. Cole Custer, 14th. Then it was Tyler Reddick, Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, Ryan Priest, Ryan Newman. And then there was Chase Elliott in 20th. And, you know, you you mentioned it earlier that Truex is in a must-win situation. And so is Chase Elliott, Spencer. You know, when you go through the, the points, and we'll take a little bit dive, a deeper dive into this one, talking about um, – Kyle Busch's win meant for the points a little bit later, but you know, you take a little bit deeper dive into the points. You talked about Truex, who's 36 points out. He's going to really need to have a solid weekend or basically win. Same thing with Chase Elliott, and you know, his his problems this weekend were a little bit out of his control. The right rear just came apart. I think the green racetrack threw a little some of these teams for a little bit of a loop. Uh, he had some decent speed in that nine car, there's no question, but Chase Elliott, 20th, you know, to me, that really puts him in a tough spot here. He's, he's come close to winning at Martinsville before, but what are your thoughts on Chase Elliott and uh, his weekend at Texas? Yeah, I mean, something just, you know, that he, you know, he was up front, started up front, and some things you just can't control. And, you know, it's not his fault. He's not a bad driver for It's not, you know, so, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that's the part of racing. You're not going to have perfect days. But I think anybody below the cut line, you know, um, Bowman and Elliott, they're 25 points back. They're tied. Um, and then you got Truex with 36 and Kurt Busch with 81. Kurt Busch is a must win. I think they're all a must win, really. It's going to be so tough to gain 25 points because all those guys ahead of you, you know, I don't know. Brad Brad would just have to have to blow a tire stupid early in the race. And even then, I, I don't see because, you know, if, uh, you know, Brad hits the wall, he can still come out and log laps. So, um, if the car's not too torn up. So, I mean, yeah, so I think the 88, you know, I think the hopes of Hendrick winning the championship are over, and I think uh, Ganassi's hopes are over, and the 19 hopes are over. Um, well, I shouldn't say the 19, because he can very well go out and win that race, but as far as, you, oh, yeah, I'm going to get, you know, fifth in both stages and go out and have a good day. No, that's not the case. You need to be on your point. Your pit crew needs to be on the game. Good calls on top of the pit box, and they need to earn their money. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's, they've put themselves in this situation and I'm not saying, you know, it's, you know, some races, like I said, you just said you can't control. Um, but you know, they're all four of them teams. They're going to earn their money come Martinsville because they have to be on their A game or not. You, you know, Phoenix is over, you know, you're not going to have a shot. So, and that's what you do when the green flag drops at Daytona in February, that's your goal. You set out to win a championship and, um, you know, their hopes, you know, their hopes aren't up. They got one more race, and Chase, he's ran good at Martinsville. Um, Could have very well won a race, you know, but he had that incident with Hamlin there um, back in, I forget what year that was, 16 maybe. So, you know, you can't count them out, but, you know, they're going to have to be on the right game for sure. Yeah, and it used to be sort of, you know, almost you could write it in stone how how dominant Hendrick Motorsports was uh, at – Martinsville, that hasn't been the case here recently, but maybe they'll find something a little bit here. Um, and that 19, I think, has has the speed to do it. I think the problem is is that we haven't really seen the execution there 
And a lot of it's been out of their control, but it seems like for that nine team this second half of the year, a lot of weird things have popped up and really has put him in a bad spot as far as points are concerned. Uh, something else I wanted to touch on a little bit, a couple of guys who had problems here uh, on Wednesday night. And one guy who I thought was really running good, and, and you look at uh, in stage one, he finished in the fifth spot, but then had en- engine issues on lap 279. And it put him in the back was Jimmy Johnson, who at one point in that race, man, when that race first started, I'm like, man, Jimmy Johnson could could go up there and win. He was running third. He was passing cars. He looked like he had some speed. Car fell off just a little bit, and then all of a sudden he had motor issues and really relegated him to a 36th place finish. But I think back to uh, the race that we got to Martinsville on Wednesday, the first race he ever ran on a Wednesday in the, in the Cup Series at night uh, earlier this year, and he went out and led and won the first stage at Martinsville earlier this year, and it seemed like they got a little bit off on their adjustments on the 48, and he wasn't able to capitalize on that. But if they can bring the same notebook back and know what they did wrong, that 48 team could be somebody interesting to watch, and what a story that would be heading into Martinsville Speedway, a guy who uh, this is probably his best racetrack, uh, a seven-time champion. If he can go out winning you know, in his second-to-last race, that would be huge for him. I wouldn't count him out. A couple of other guys who had issues on Wednesday, Bubba Wallace and Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth lost control of his number 42 car. I mentioned a little earlier, Denny Hamlin really wasn't able to stay off of him. Uh, he, Kenseth spun, and Bubba Wallace had nowhere to go, took him out. So Bubba Wallace ended up 38th and Matt Kenseth 39th. And that really closed the pick on, our, on a Wednesday. But what, a, what final words, Spencer, for you as far as what you saw at Texas Motor Speedway before we move on to uh, the news of the week? Yeah, um, as far as, you know, the guys who needed good runs didn't have good runs. Um, and, you know, that's very unfortunate. You know, like I just said last, you know, the last um, statement I made, you've got to be on your game. And this, in this uh, format, you have to be on your game um, from the first playoff race till Martinsville. And, hell, even if you're in the Final Four, you need to be on your game at Phoenix. Um, so th- this, the way this um, playoff system is, you there's no room for error. I mean, you you know that. Philip knows that. Um, anybody who's a NASCAR fan knows that. Um, that has you know, besides just a generic fan, you there's no room for error. You know, you 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 wreck the you wreck in you know the first race. Your next two weeks are going to be tough. You're playing catch up the whole time. And, you know, I'm not a driver. I've never drove a race car. I'm on top of the big pit box. But I can guarantee you, if you wreck in, you probably feel like you're, never, you're always playing catch-up. So, um, so, yeah, those guys needed a good run, and they just didn't have them, and uh, they're put themselves in a must-win situation. But as far as anybody else um, running good, we pretty much touched on that already. So, yeah, they're um, on to Martinsville. And the best thing that really happened to guys like Denny Hamlin and Brad Keselowski was a a non-playoff driver winning that race. And I want to touch on something before I get into a little bit of the uh, details about the points, and then we'll get to the news of the day. Hendrick Motorsports really having two big news pieces this week. We'll just touch on uh, both of them here in a little bit. But, you know, the first thing I heard, I read it on on Twitter today, and I cannot believe this was even a subject. Now, somebody had said – that it was, and I didn't, I didn't really see it, so this is sort of, uh, you know, seeing it by a third party. But let me just say, if somebody really thinks that Kyle Busch should have moved over at the end of that race to let Martin Truex Jr. buy so Martin Truex Jr. could win a race and get into the playoffs to get to the, uh, to the final race at Phoenix, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. First of all, Truex should know better than that. Uh, you don't want to win a championship that way. Who would want to win a cha- Who would want to get into a championship race that way? with their teammate moving over for him, that would be insane. And second, you want to beat the best. You got to go out there and, and it wasn't like Kyle ran. This is what gets me crazy about the point, this point system. It's like, you know, when Elliot Sadler said it a few years ago, Ryan Priest, these guys just expect people to move over for him and go, oh, well, you know, you're, I'm not really running. No, these guys are all running for their life. Accomplish wanted to win that race. He had every single right to win that race. Every, every chance to win that race. If you had a better race car, if you had a better strategy, if you were a better race car driver, if you are a better team, on Wednesday night, you could have beaten Kyle Busch, but they weren't. So guess what? Instead of complaining about why somebody should have moved over or your driver, another driver should have moved over so your driver could have won, your driver and his team 
should perform better. Then they would have had an opportunity. Again, this was an opportunity for these teams who are fifth on back in the points to make the playoffs because both the big-time drivers are mile and a half this year. Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin had issues, whether they lost their track position or whether they weren't as good or whether they crashed. It was an opportunity for some of these other teams to capitalize. And good for Kyle Busch to capitalize. I want to put an end to that right now. But that was really, Spencer, uh, a non-playoff driver winning was really the best thing that could have happened to a guy like Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick after having their issues. Because what it, now, what it now does is it basically locks in one of those two guys. And now you look at Kozlowski, for sure I think you look at Kozlowski and you say, hey, uh, he probably feels a lot better too that somebody else outside the playoffs won because um, he's 25 points to the good right now. So while maybe you know Kozlowski finishing sixth, Hamlin not really having a great day, Harvick having some issues, while they didn't have – they didn't perform like they probably should have, but the best thing that happened to those guys was somebody else outside the playoffs winning a race because ultimately what they've done in the regular season and what they've done in the playoffs and all the points that they've earned is really what's going to carry them to Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, let me touch on that pullover stuff. I, I, I'm like you. I am so tired of people saying – he raced me too hard. He should have pulled over. Let me tell you something. If you were the owner, vice president, uh, up big in marketing of sales for some big company, and you're paying $30 million a year to be on a race car, let me see if you tell your driver to pull over. It's not going to happen. Clayton, if you, you know, say you sponsored a race car, we're talking in circles. You're not, and it's a big team. You want the, he, you know, he's leading and he's a teammate with somebody. You have a shot to go to victory lane. You going to be okay with Kyle moving over? Absolutely not. You want to go to victory lane. You paid to be on the race car. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – and now there's certain times when you should, maybe if you're two laps down and there's five laps to go, move over. I mean, you're not getting your two laps back in five laps nine times out of ten. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that – you got your own race. I mean, you're, 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 these crew guys are away from their families, tons and stupid amount of hours throughout the year. Um, the, you know, they work hard to put your cart and the team in victory lane to support their family, make a living at it. They want to go to victory lane and that's for anybody. You, you know, you're racing. This is racing. You're at the highest level of stock car racing. I almost said everyone was the best driver out there in the world, but uh, 30 of them are, 30 of them are the best drivers in the world, and you get paid to race and get the best finish you possibly can, and run for a championship. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to hit on that. And uh, what what else did you ask me? Just the points and that the fact that you know somebody outside the playoffs won. It really oh, okay. uh, aside from you know it puts Chase Elliott and the guys below fourth into a like you basically touched on a, a must-win situation where if somebody outside, you know, in the playoffs had won, whether that be Kurt Busch or something like that, it would have put those other guys, the other three guys, into a much better situation because there was really four guys who distanced themselves as far as points were concerned. Yeah, I mean, they're they're lucky. Um, you know, you got, you got Truex winning that race. Brad's below the cut line, you know, so – um, and he's going into Martinsville with a um, uh, chip on his shoulder, weight on his shoulder, whatever you want to say. And, you know, he's got to perform. And um, so, yeah, the, um, the playoff guys who are above the cut line that didn't have a shot to win, um, they ought to be happy that that 19 car didn't catch his teammate in Kyle Busch. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, that was the best thing that, you know, could have happened for, you know, Brad anyways, you know, I think, uh, you know, the guys that are above Brad are in pretty good shape. Um, but yeah, Brad is, Brad was probably the last 15 laps. I'm sure his team was saying the 19's not catching him. He's good. He's a second back. I mean, they were probably telling Truex's race more than they were telling Brad's race, really. Um, because that's, you know, that's, uh, they didn't, they, that's what they needed. They needed for that 18 to win. He's out of the playoffs. It didn't mean nothing. 
and uh, they're going to Martinsville, 25 points below, below uh, above the cut line, and that's huge. So, um, I mean, even three points above the cut line is better than three points below it. So, um, he's in a pretty good seat going into Martinsville, and he, he he wins there. He won New Hampshire this year, and that's just I always think of that track as a bigger Martinsville. Um, so, he knows how to get it done at um, those flat paper clip racetracks. Yeah, last in his five seven fifty package, excuse me, has been sensational this year. But again, if, I just find it fascinating that if one of those guys outside the top four would have won, it not only puts Kozlowski in a weird spot, it would put Hamlin in a weird spot because there's only two points ahead of it. It would move the cut line uh, that much crazier. So it would have really made it a little bit more interesting of a race at Martinsville. But it's basically, you know, like you said, winner go home for these guys on back. So. We talked about Hendrick Motorsports a lot on this show. We're going to touch, touch on a little bit here more as the first part of the day, the first part of the week, it came out that Rudy Fugel, who was the crew chief for Kyle Busch Motorsports' uh, truck series team, is going to be William Byron's crew chief for next season. So if you missed it, Chad Knauss is going to move into a more of a competitive competition role at Hendrick Motorsports in 2021. He's going to oversee all four race cars pretty much. So that opened up a, a, a crew chief spot at Hendrick Motorsports. A lot of people thought maybe Cliff Daniels, who was the crew chief for the 48, was going to go to that that ride. That didn't happen. It's Rudy Fugel, who won seven races with William Byron back in 2016 in the truck series. It's an interesting hire, Spencer, because Fugel comes from a, a truck series background with very, very um, limited, if at all, experience working on stock cars. Now, how different are cars than trucks? We're about to find out, but, you know, before we get to the big news of the day, and we'll, we'll touch on the Larson thing in a second, what were your thoughts on Rudy Fugel getting hired as William Byron's crew chief? Did you like the move? Were you surprised? What were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, why not? You know, they needed a crew chief. Um, and, you know, with Canals going, I forget what he's doing for Hendrick, some high up in Hendrick. Um, he's stepping away from the pit box, and he's going to take another role over there at HMS, and um, but yeah, I can see what you're saying as far as, you know, how much different is, um, you know, the trucks to a, you know, a stock car. Um, at the end of the day, the guy is a phenomenal crew chief. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, his truck setup ain't going to work in, you know, Byron's stock car. <laughs> They're just two different things. They drive totally different. Um, but the guy is one smart cookie. I mean, he can – what he does on top of the pit box is he's like a canal of truck series, I mean, in the modern era, really. I mean, um, you know, he wins a lot of races with Kyle, and I'm sure, you know, if me and you were on top of the pit box, we just do the basics. Kyle could get us a win. But um, And I'm not giving – I'm not, you know, throwing uh, bad shade at Fugel. Um but, I mean, he's won with a lot of guys over at KBM. And, um, you know, I Hendrick is a hell of a business guy, um, obviously, because he just did a very, very smart move, and we're about to touch on that. But, you know, he knew that Byron is probably struggling a little bit. Only has one win at Daytona, and it's Daytona. And I'm not trying to take away from his win, um, but, you know, he needs to win on these mile-and-a-half short tracks. You know, he needs the – to win a race, not a restrictor plate. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not taking away from anybody who has restrictor plate wins and, you know, I'm not saying they're easy, but it's not, um, you know, it's not a racetrack where you have to go and you have to drive. The car has to be good. Your handling has to be good. Um, so yeah, I mean, they worked really well, you know, he could get on top of the pit box and, you know, I'm sure he has an idea what needs to go into a stock car, what a car has to do in order to be good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's like pushing a wheelbarrow. You have to have the right tire pressure to push the wheelbarrow or it's going to make it harder on you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you, he, he knows enough and to make that 24 car fast. And he's, you know, it's probably going to take a little bit of time, you know, to get used to, um, adjustments on the stock car, but I'm sure Canals is leaving him a lot of notes. Um, and a lot of, and he'll have plenty of help. Greg Ives over there, um, you'll have Cliff Daniels, who has done an amazing job with the 48 since he's been over there. So he's going to have help. They're going to welcome him. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of odd. I never saw Rudy leaving KBM. I always thought him and Kyle had a, was, a, was a very good bond. I'm sure they still are. 
But Hendrick probably offered him a number. He wasn't making at KBM. You know, there's a big jump in prices when you go from trucks to cup. Um, so, you know, he, at the end of the day, he has a family to support. And I'm sure he made enough to support his family at KBM. But, um, you know, I'm sure it was a, an extremely large difference in price. And um, he's going cup racing. I mean, that's your ultimate goal when you're a crew chief is to get to the top, just like a driver. I mean, that's your job. I mean, you know, you know, even with your job, Clayton, you know, you want to be the best you can be at it. I mean, that's just how, you know, life is. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting move. But, you know, I'm sure it'll work out. I'm sure it'll be fine. A couple of interesting things to me about this hire is, you know, it's similar to what we saw last year where a lot of people kind of scratched their heads when Jerry Baxter left Brent Moffitt at GMS Racing. Go, what the heck's going on with, with Jerry Baxter? Why is Jerry Baxter not coming back at GMS with, with Brett Moffin. I mean, they've had so much success together and Baxter made the jump up to the cup series in the 43 car with his former driver, Bubba Wallace. And we saw the 43 performance pick up. I think it's sort of tapered off here in the last couple of weeks as focus has been elsewhere for the driver and maybe even the team, uh, as both are going in a different direction next season. Um, but it was a, certainly a pickup from where he was with Derek Stamets last year with, um, Jerry Baxter this year, so that's sort of an interest, a little bit of a, of a similar move. You have to wonder if maybe Hendrick looked at that and said, "Well, you know, Jerry Baxter had a pretty smooth transition. Why can't Rudy Fugel do it?" Another thing I found interesting is that Hendrick normally doesn't do this. I mean, there's been times in their careers where, in their in their history, where they've gone out and got and gone guys from outside an organization, but really they've been Hendrick Motorsports guys who have come back. I think of a guy like. Kenny Francis, who worked at Hendrick Motorsports, then left and came back. Uh, uh, or excuse me, that was Keith Rodden who did that. Um, but, you know, Kenny Francis, they got out. Tony Uri Jr., they, they hired from, from outside the organization. But that was really it. Um, they haven't really gone out and gotten a crew chief that you sit there and go, well, they would never really have any Hendrick ties. And they passed up four guys in the Xfinity Series, Taylor Moore, Jason Burdett, Dave Allens, and a guy who's got some cup experience with the 95 team a couple of years ago, and Travis Mack, who is Michael Annette's crew chief. So they passed those four guys in the Xfinity Series with Junior Motorsports for Rudy Fugel, which is kind of a surprising deal. And so when you look at that, you go, hmm, this was probably a recommendation by William Byron. who said, listen, I don't care what. We have to go out. We have to get – I want to get Rudy Fugel. He's – you know, he's – I got a good relationship with him. We always got along well. He understood what I was saying. That was my best season in trucks. Sure, he won an Xfinity Series championship, but his best season by far in NASCAR was that seven-win truck season. That's when everybody went, oh, okay, that kid's great. And Rudy Fugel could have been a reason for that. So maybe Byron's trying to capture that because I think Byron's getting into a situation. It's only his third year in Cup this year. He had a, This is a weird year with a, not a lot of practice, not a lot of qualifying with how everything's been going. But, you know, every, it's going to get to the Ryan Blaney situation where you're going to sit there and go, okay, if he doesn't win next year, what's going on with William Byron? We need William – and William Byron's now been on it. This is going to be his third crew chief. He had Darren Grubb. He had Chad Knauss, who both of those uh, crew chiefs have won a ton of races in the Cup Series, and they won one race with William Byron, and now he's getting Rudy Fugel. So the excuses for William Byron of why he's not winning and winning a consistent basis will, have, will go away here in 2021. So that was what makes this hire so interesting to me. That is certainly one ride you're going to have to keep an eye on. Another ride you're going to have to keep an eye on next year, Spencer, is the number five team. And if you're unfamiliar with what I'm, just, what I'm talking about, going number five, that's been gone for Hendrick Motorsports for a while, really since Casey Kane left. Well, here's the deal. It gets a little bit complicated. Hendrick's done this in the past. It's a little complicated. But basically what's going on with Hendrick Motorsports is they're taking the number 88 team from this year and moving them to the number 48 team, putting 48 and Ally Financial on on the 88 car, changing the number. They're taking the 48 team and switching it over to the 5 team, putting number 5 on there. So the 88 is not going to be used next year. Hendrick's going to have 5, 9, 24, and 48 next season. That's going to be the numbers they operate next season, Hendrick Motorsports. So the number 5 team was basically the team that had an open ride, had an open driver uh, with Jimmy Johnson retiring since that was the number 48 car. It was been rumored for a while here, Spencer, about Kyle Larson, who was suspended back in May. We all know the story about his iRacing ordeal with what he 
you know, said a racial slur on his iron racing deal, got suspended by NASCAR, lost, got fired by uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. Chevrolet cut ties with him. They announced last week that he was reinstated in the NASCAR, and this week it's announced that he will drive the number five car for Hendrick Motorsports. Now, there's no sponsor on that team as of right now. Cliff Daniels, Huey Johnson's crew chief, is going to be the crew chief for Kyle Larson next season. So let's just start with this, Spencer. What is what are your expectations for him? He's been out of the car for almost a year now. Uh, it's a brand-new race team. A lot of people have looked at Larson's career so far in Cup and say it's been a little bit of a disappointment considering how much hype he gets. What are your thoughts on Kyle Larson, and what do you think his expectations are here for the 2021 season? Uh, he will win. And it's just – and I'm not saying this because – you know, anybody who listens to the show knows I'm a massive Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain fan. And, um, you know, I couldn't be more excited, more happier. Um, you know, it was kind of odd going to the racetrack. Um, you know, Clayton, you know how close we live to Daytona. Um, you know, going there, you know, for the road course race and the July race, not pulling for anybody in the Cup Series is kind of odd. Um, you know, I pull for Ross on, on Saturdays, but um, it's it's weird, you know, you wear you wear his stuff to the racetrack, and he's not in the he's not in the race car, and uh, it's just odd. I mean, you nine times. I mean, you go to the racetrack to pull for somebody, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I couldn't be more excited. You know, this is was his landing spot, even without this whole fiasco that went on. And um, I think he'll win races. And I tell you why, Larson is one of the most talented race car drivers in the world. You know, he first time in a late model, he goes out and wins or it might have been a second start. Never ran a late model before, a dirt, a dirt late model. Won it. He's actually about to go run a big late model race. Um, and he's won Silver Crown USAC. First time in it in eight years, he goes out and wins. Goes back a month later, wins again. Has 40 dirt wins um, this year in the World of Outlaws and uh, Tony Stewart's Ollie's Bargain Outlet Series. Um, he's won his midget this year. He's won the Chili Bowl. The guy can race anything you put him in. There's no doubt about it. And I think you would agree with that, too. Um, you know, he made a mistake, and, you know, he's he's apologized for it, and he's he's due to come back, and um, it's Hendrick Motorsports. I think they're going to give him um, good equipment, and they've been better this year, Hendrick. And um, if, you know, he told – I was watching Hendrick's interview and he says, Larson says they're going to give him a playoff. They're going to give him a championship run. And, um, I believe that, um, you know, I, this Hendrick is, you know, slightly better, um, than the Ganassi cars, right. That they were when he left. So, um, I actually shouldn't even say slightly probably are good, a good bit better. Um, so, you know, he's, he knows how to run these race cars. He knows how to drive. He has six wins. um, and you know it's it's good for his family, and you know he's uh, he's ready. And I he says he's very excited. He's ready to get to Daytona, and it's going to be interesting. You know I'm not saying he's going to go out and win five of the first ten races, but I think there will be a win or two. Um, you know they're going to depend on you know they got to find a sponsor. There's, so there's still um, a lot that has to go on in this deal and finding a sponsor. And um, Rick said he's going to do everything he can to get a sponsor on that race car and. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, the expectations, he will make the playoffs. That uh, There's another one, that's for sure. Um, he's just too good. It's Hendrick Motorsports. So, um, I couldn't be happier. I'm ready for this season to be over with and get to Daytona. Yeah, listen, it, it's as bad as a blemish as that was for Kyle Larson and as much as his career could have been derailed because of what happened. And there's no question – He's a better guy now than he was in May. I think he's learned a lot. I I said it when it happened. I don't think Kyle Larson was racist. I just thought he was very stupid with how he uses his words. Um, but this is a good opportunity for him. There's no question. For, to bounce back, you know, we've seen guys whose careers have sort of went off the rails a little bit. Kurt Busch, one driver that comes to mind. And I'll, in a different light, um, and Boyer even, where they lost their big-time rides and they kind of fit, had to had to go and, and race at equipment that was way under their talent level and really suck it up for a year or two and say, hey, you know what, this is uh, this is what i got to do to get back into the, to the swing of things. Well, Larson's fortunate he does not have to do that. 
And Hendrick Motorsports, I don't care what, if they got sponsorship on that car or not, it is way better than what he was in. And I, I think perfect example of that, I know Matt Kenseth, a lot of people look at him and say, well, now he's 47 years old. He's been out of the car for a year. This package is a little bit different. Certainly, certainly, all that is true. But Matt Kenseth is a heck of a race car driver. There's no question. The guy can drive anything. We've seen it in the past. We know how talented he is. This has been a disaster for him in that 42 car. And I think a lot of people look at that and say, well, maybe it, the, this has been the 42 sort of all the whole time. You know, maybe this 42 wasn't nearly as good as we think it is, and Kyle Larson was making it that much better. Uh, and when you look at Kurt Busch, who's certainly done a, a, a decent job in that one car, there's no question he's got a couple of wins in that car in his run there at, at Chip Ganassi, but he doesn't run up in the top top five, top ten every week. You know, it's just Ganassi just seems like they're a step below what the big team of Hendrick is. And Hendrick hasn't been nearly as good. And I think a lot of people look at Hendrick and say, well, they haven't been nearly as good because their drivers aren't nearly as good. And, and I think Jimmy Johnson, obviously, has still got the talent. I just think, honestly, I think Jimmy's been, been checked out for a year or two. I think he's way more focused on Indy cars right now than he is on the Cup Series side of things. Frankly, I don't blame him. He's done this for 22 years. It's probably really, really stale. Or excuse me, he's done this for 18 years, 19 years. It's probably a little stale on him. The sport changed completely. It's gone a completely different direction than when he had his success. So I can understand his mentality going away a little bit uh, on the Cup Series side of things. And I've been saying that for a year, so for a year or two. So there should be Johnson. Alex Bowman still has a lot to prove in this series, and so does William Byron. And when you look at the other, the guy who's really performed well is Chase Elliott. He's won nine races in the last three years. That's pretty darn good. And so you bring in a guy like Kyle Larson, as talented as Kyle Larson is, that's going to be a very, very interesting situation. I don't care if he's got sponsorship or not. I think it's going to be it's solid. Cliff Daniels seems like a good crew chief. He was handpicked by Jimmy Johnson. I, I believe Jimmy knows talent when he sees it. And the reason why that 48 team isn't running nearly as good or winning races is because I think the driver, like I said, is a little bit checked out here recently. And I, I think if you put Jimmy Johnson off the record in, in, in a corner somewhere and you ask him quietly, he'd be like, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so that to me is, is, is the reason. And, and hiring Larson, listen, Rick, this is a very risky move. A lot of people look at Hendrick Motorsports as the, you know, the New York Yankees of NASCAR where they win all the championships. They're a squeaky clean image aside from, from Rick's, you know, a little bit of a, of a law issue. He had a few, about 20, 25 years ago. Other than that, you know, Jeff Gordon never really had any issues. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was a straight and narrow. Jimmy Johnson has been straight and narrow his entire career. Okay, they, they've done things the right way. A lot of – so many people in the sport respect Rick Hendrick. Um, you know, this was a little bit of a risky move for him to do that. But I feel – I think he knew he had to because he sits there and he says, listen, when you got a, a, a free agent as talented as Kyle Larson is, you got to go out and do it. There's no question. you got to go out and sign him. And, and a lot of people look at, at Bubba Wallace as a really good race car driver, and he's going to have an opportunity next year to go out and win races. There's no question. And people point at it and say, well, the reason why he can win and he's good is because look what he did in the truck series when he had an opportunity at Cobbush Motorsports. Sure, you're right. Absolutely. But look what Kyle Larson's done. Six cup wins, 12 Xfinity Series wins, Guy can drive a race car. I don't, you know, a lot of people think he might be better on dirt than he is asphalt. I think he's great on asphalt. Uh, expectations to me are, are sky high through the roof. I don't care if he has sponsorship or not. I'm not worried about it. Uh, that five team, I think you have a hungry driver, a driver looking to prove people wrong, a driver looking to reestablish himself and focus himself. You know, we talked about this on the show, Spencer, a lot. Kyle Larson could have easily just sat there and said, listen, I'm happy driving a dirt car and win a million dirt races, a million of them if he wanted to. But he has, he came back to NASCAR for a reason. It wasn't the money. He could have made a ton of money doing World of Outlaws and kicking everybody's tail in there, running his own teams, whatever. He came back to NASCAR for a reason. I think it's to prove all the naysayers and all the people who say, yeah, he's not – he wants to prove them. You know what? I'm going to go out here the next 10 years, and I'm just going to do nothing but win races and prove I can be a cup champion and be sort of that Tony Stewart guy for the next decade. I think that – something you can see from Kyle Larson. So a very, very interesting hire for Rick Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports. And I'm certainly 
Can't wait to see it. A couple of other races from the weekend at Texas Motor Speedway before we do preview Martinsville here quick. Xfinity Series, we'll get to these, get through these quick. Uh, Harrison Burton was your winner. He passed Noah Gregson on the final laps there coming to the checkered. Uh, a solid victory for him. Gregson was second. Anthony Alfredo, third. Austin Sindrick, fourth. Brandon Brown, fifth. Michael Annette, sixth. Justin Haley, seventh. Eighth was Ryan Vargas, a great run for him in the Johnny Davis car. Josh Williams, another good run for him in ninth. And Tommy Joe Martin's got his first top ten running for his own deal uh, this season. So a solid run for him. A couple other notables. Uh, we talked about Ross Chastain, 16th. Uh, Chase Briscoe had some issues, finished 24th. Brandon Jones crashed. Justin Allgaier crashed. 25th and 26th for the, those guys. Some big-name drivers there. Uh, Jeb Burton had issues. He crashed. Mike Snyder crashed. A lot of wrecks in the Xfinity Series race. Um, but that is certainly, right now when you look at it, uh, was was a, a good win for Harrison Burton. Looking at the points, and I'll let you come in here on, in a second, Spencer. Nine wins for Chase Bristol. He's obviously locked in to the uh, final finale at Phoenix. Then you got uh, Austin Sindrick, Justin Allgaier, and Justin Haley. Allgaier, eight points to the good. Haley, four points to the good. Sindrick, 14 points to the good. Then it's Brandon, Brandon Jones in fifth. Chastain's 15th back, 15 points back in sixth. Gregson is seventh, 24 points back. And Ryan Sieg, who really needs a miracle in Martinsville, um, eight points, or 20, 43 points back in eighth. What are your thoughts on a weekend's race at, Mar- at Texas Motor Speedway and the point situation for this Xfinity Series? First thing, I thought it was pretty wild how uh, the 20 just blew by the nine. I mean, with two laps to go, he had, I don't know, four-tenths of a second. And that nine car, he hit the brakes and hit a wall and was tied to a tree. Um, uh, I've never, I mean, it's not like he had a flat going down or anything. Um, that was crazy to me. Um, I didn't know you could have that big of a lead and be so loose to lose. I mean, I understand, but I mean, you're only making really realistically two turns and you have straightaways. And I thought the nine was fast enough to hold him off, but, um, for the 20 to really come around him like he did, um, was I? I mean, I've never really seen anything, you know, as far as a guy, you know, having a flat tire running out of gas. Um, but he caught him quick, and I mean quick. Um, so yeah, I mean, congrats to Harrison Burton. Um, you know, he was uh, pretty much in a must-win situation as well. Um, he had awful luck the past two, you know, handful of races. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as – and then on the points, you know, it's not as bad as the Cup Series, um, you know, where guys are below the cut line. Uh, you know, with Haley being plus four, Brandon Jones can easily pass him. Um, four points isn't a lot. And Ross, he's not even out. of Fifteen points you can make up in a race. Um, you know, you look at it, and it's a pretty tight battle. I mean, we looked at it, you know, last year it's where – the guys who, you know, who entered that round above the cut line were the guys who moved on because it was just so far spaced out in points. Um, this year's tighter and closer, which makes it more interesting going into Martinsville, a short track. Um, you know, even Justin Allgaier plus eight can be out of it. So, I mean, it's um, it's a tight battle. He was Cindric's plus 14. He can lose that. So, I mean, really anybody in the playoffs still has a shot. Um, you know, is even uh, Noah, eh, he's iffy with him being 24. So, but I think if you're the 10 and you're the 19, uh, you, you have a pretty good shot at, and you don't have to win. Um, so, you know, as far as, uh, Sieg and Gregson, you know, they're in a, a bit of a, a bit of a predicament, um, as far as making it in on points. So, um, yeah, the uh, with, like I said in the beginning, with this point system, it, it makes it interesting. It's fun, produces good racing, and then the stages on top of that produce even better racing. So I'm excited, you know. I thought it was cool running Martinsville at night. Now we get to see the Xfinity cars there. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really exciting. And um, I hope, uh, me being a Ross fan, I hope he can make it to the Final Four and um, I'll have something to pull for or root for and um, come Phoenix and see a championship. 
Listen, it, it this weekend at Martinsville, the most intriguing race to me is the Xfinity Series. Because you just have a lot of guys who don't have a ton of experience at Martinsville, even a guy like Justin Allgaier who's run in the Truck Cup Series before, but his main, his, most of his career has been in the Xfinity Series, and he just hasn't run Martin. They don't run Martinsville in the Xfinity Series until this year. They haven't run Martinsville. So he's got some laps in the Cup Series there, and Allgaier really didn't run too many truck races, so you know, Martinsville's a, a track he's not very familiar with. Same thing with a guy like Chase Briscoe. Same thing with a guy like Austin Sindrick. They got a couple of truck starts there, but a little bit different. Uh, we've seen Chastain run truck races there. Haley hasn't run a ton of truck races in his career. So a lot of these teams, these guys who have Xfinity Series in their background experience at Martinsville. So uh, to me, that's very, very fascinating. And it opens up this race and makes it wide open to me, and you're right about the Xfinity Series. It's probably the most interesting of all the points that we go, all the points uh, from all three series right now that we have. And what's ironic about that is all year we talk about the regular season when the top 12 is pretty much set for about from about <laughs> May on. You know, it's it's pretty boring when the Xfinity Series is in a regular season because there's just not that many competitive race cars. But here we are, you know, uh, two races to go until – the end of the season and one race remaining in a round of eight before we get the final four at, at, I keep trying to say Homestead before we get the final four at Phoenix, you know, and there's two guys who are within 15 points of the cutoff line in the Xfinity series. So, you know, there's four guys, if you want to five guys, really, if you want to say that within 15 points of, of, you know, missing. Um, so it's, it is pretty wild. Um, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen. It's going to be a lot of fun, and, and certainly when you look ahead to Martinsville, that to me is the most intriguing race of the weekend. Uh, Speedy Cash 400 Truck Series event, an event, Spencer, at Texas that ended in a lot of carnage. Um, we saw a lot of drivers mad at each other. David David Gilliland, Todd Gilliland crashed with Ben Rhodes, and Ben Rhodes seemed to have a lot of issues there uh, the other day. Now, we also saw Chandler Smith crash. Uh, Stuart Friesen and, and Johnny Sauter got together, Ben Rhodes and Christian Eckes, and we saw Christian Eckes uh, give, give Rhodes the one-finger salute. And then Ben Rhodes and uh, I believe it was Josh Rayom at the end of that race, uh, excuse me, Josh Balicki at the end of that race got together. So, you know, Rhodes ends up pretty much being the heel here, and a lot of people very angry at him. But the most important thing is Sheldon Creed went to victory lane, uh, led 131 laps, pretty much dominated the event. Austin Hill was second, Zane Smith third, Rafael Osar was fourth, and Brett Moffitt finished fifth. Then it was Crafton, Austin Wayne self in seventh, Dylan Lupton eighth, Derek Krause ninth, Tanner Gray in tenth. That was your top ten for the Truck Series. What were your thoughts on the Truck Series event, and what do you look forward to this weekend for the trucks at Martinsville before we get your picks from Martinsville? Yeah, I love the trucks, and I love Martinsville. I think it produces great racing. Um, good short track racing and that's you know better than any mile and a half track we can go to and um yeah it's pretty crazy a lot of a lot of pissed off people a lot of pissed off drivers and um with Eckes and Ben Rhodes whether Ben Rhodes should be parked um I like to see what you think about that as far as being parked um you know when you turn somebody that fast um, you know, then, you, you know, obviously you're not thinking about safety when you do it. Um, I know these race trucks and I think that's what, where drivers go wrong is I think they think these cars are so safe that nobody can get hurt. Um, but we could, I mean, look how, you know, it has, you know, it's a totally different wreck, but, um, there's no such thing as too safe. Um, I mean, look at Ryan Newman in the Daytona 500. I mean, um, could have lost the guy and, you know, when you turn a guy going that fast down the front stretch and he hits the wall and hits another car, you know, another car hits him, he can flip, he can hurt somebody. Um, you know, we see we seen Edwards turn Brad. He flipped, hit the fence. Um, you know, you can kill somebody in the grandstands, you know. Um, so I think when you intentionally spin somebody, you're obviously not thinking about safety, and that's um, being selfish. Um, you know, you spin somebody and you, you know, they wreck and it kills them, you know, you're going to, you know, that's not something, you know, you're not, you're, you, there's nothing to say. I can't even get it out of my mouth because what would he, you know, oh, I wrecked him, I was pissed. Well, you just took some guy's life. So I think uh, you wreck anybody, 
intentionally um, in a straightaway, the way you turn him, I think you should be parked. Um, regardless whether he got into you in a corner or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, but you go to, just say you go to Martinsville. Save it for Martinsville. You're doing 100 and, 100 and some change. Um, you're not doing 175. So, um, that's just my take on that. It's, you know, it was kind of trending there right after the race, whether he should have been parked or not. But um, safety is huge. Um, and, you know, the NASCAR community, a fan, um, hell, even outside of NASCAR, you don't want to see anybody lose their life over stupidity. So, um, you know, you can uh, you can win another race, but you, can, uh, you can't get somebody back once you kill them. So, um, yeah, that's just my take on that. Well, let me say this. And first of all, uh, initially, when I watched that, I thought that he should have they should have parked him for the rest of the race at least. Um, but I'm not huge on NASCAR policing drivers because, as Philip famously says on this show numerous times, they're selective enforcement and they're consistently inconsistent. And we've seen guys wreck people in the past. I think, and I don't mean to pick on a guy, but I think of 2009 Spencer at Daytona. When Dale Earnhardt Jr. intentionally wrecked, and everybody except for Junior Nation, everybody in the world could see that that was an intentional wreck, and Earnhardt didn't get it, didn't get a darn thing for a penalty. And what made that even crueler, and what made that even worse, is what they do besides Earnhardt taking a guy and intentionally spitting him out at 200 miles an hour and putting him into a, a 200 mile an hour traffic jam at a track his father lost his life at eight years earlier. He didn't get a damn thing about it, but. What made that worse was the day before, uh, the late Jason Leffler got suspended, got, got penalized, excuse me, five laps for taking out Stephen Wallace in the Xfinity Series race. And we all sat there in the grandstand and said, oh, wow, NASCAR is going to come out and they're really going to lay the gauntlet down this year on penalties. If they take somebody out in one of these super speedway races, they're going to lay the gauntlet out. And then the next day, Dylan Hartini does what, again, Ray Charles could have seen he did that intentionally. And they didn't call. They didn't do a damn thing to him. So it, that is what my problem is with that. And that's why I always feel like drivers should police themselves. And let me say that to me, Christian Eckes has every right. You know, whether it's stage one, stage two, or the final lap of that race, every right to go out and just take Ben Rhodes out completely and ruin his day at Martinsville and say we got you back. Absolutely, that's how it should be done. And NASCAR should expect that to happen because you can't sit there and, and that is where a lot of people who favor your side where roads should be parked for this weekend at Martinsville. That's where a lot of people say, well, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see retaliation. I get it. I totally get that. But to me, it the selective enforcement is so bad in this sport that it's just not going to happen. And so what I'm trying to get at is that when you don't penalize somebody, you should expect drivers to police themselves because what else are they going to do? What else are they going to do? What else do you want Christian Eckes to do? Sit there and go, listen, I'm going to get pushed around by this kid? There's no question. I don't, think, I don't care what Rose said. There's no question in my mind he took him out on purpose. There's no question in my mind he took him out on purpose. And I know he said, oh, I'm trying to gather baloney. We, you know, Anybody who's watched the race can see that was intentional. And I had a problem with it. There's no question. I hated it. I hated it when Dale Senior used to do it. But drivers need to police themselves. Driver needs to police themselves in this case. And Christian Eckes has every right. And if I'm, a, I'm, if I'm a teammate of Christian Eckes, if I'm his crew chief, and I know people are going to say, oh, come on. I expect my driver. I want my driver. It's like when, when a pitcher, you know, when somebody gets plunked after hitting a home run in the baseball game. You know, somebody hits a three-run homer. And, you know, my guy gets hit the next step back. I want my pitcher to go out there and say, you know what? I'm going to stand up for my teammates, and I'm going to beam, I'm going to hit this guy. And a lot of people say, oh, that's not baseball, but bull, baloney. That's still, you know, an eye for an eye. That's the way I look at it. And so um, that is what should happen this weekend at, at Martinsville. I think – I totally think Eckes has every right to go out and take, ben Rose, take out Ben Rhodes because – Ben Rhodes did it to him, and maybe next time when Ben Rhodes gets into a situation where he could take out a race car driver or take out Christian Eckes, he'll go, you know what? 
he paid me back at Martinsville, and it ruined my season. It took me out of a chance for a championship. I will never wreck him again because what did it do for me at the end? It took me out of a championship. So, But NASCAR in the past has penalized guys. I think Johnny Sauter got penalized a couple of years ago, last year maybe even, for taking out a guy. So it, it just shows you the selective enforcement in this sport. It drives me crazy, and that's why I think I, I'm so for um, drivers policing themselves because to me that's the best way to do it. Uh, Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Truck Series at Martinsville Speedway this weekend, Spencer. Trucks are tomorrow night already. It's crazy. We're going to have a, a race after the Cup race on Wednesday. We're going to have a, a night race at Martinsville uh, on Friday night. So trucks are going to run then Xfinity 3.30 on Saturday and then Cup 2 o'clock on Sunday. And I, you know, as great as this sport is, Spencer, as much as I love this sport, I love, I'm loving this weekend. I can't wait. Three races at Martinsville um, to decide, really, the, our playoff drivers. Awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let me start with this. Who do you think is going to win a Cup Series race uh, on Sunday? Uh, the 19th. Just because he's he's won the last two races there, and he's really found out the short track thing, and um, he's in a must-win situation, and he knows he has to win there in order to go compete for a championship. So uh, the 19th is my pick. That's a good pick, and I think we talked about it a little earlier. To me, the, the 750 package, Brad Keselowski, that to me is the guy's going to win this weekend. I just, I, I don't think there's a better favorite. He's starting on the pole, well, in the first position, and uh, he's going to be fast. There's no question. I think he's going to win at Martinsville in the Cup Series event. How about Xfinity for you, Spencer? Oh, man, that's um, kind of a crapshoot because, like we said, nobody, they don't run there. Um, you know, Ross has cup starts there. Um, so I, I really don't know. I guess I'll just, uh, I'll go with him and not just cause I'm a fan, but when he ran with the niece that year, he dominated the truck series, um, last year. He, um, he was battling for Kyle pretty much all race for the win. So, um, he has cup starts there. He has truck starts there. So um, we'll go with him just because of experience. Yeah, and I think this is a track where experience pays off the most. It's a rhythm racetrack. You've got to find your rhythm. You've got to find how you drive this racetrack. It's not just talent. You know, as good as Kyle Larson is, where he struggles the most, Spencer, is Martinsville because Martinsville is just a completely different racetrack. You've got to get into your rhythm. You've got to find your rhythm. And once you find the rhythm, you're great. But if you don't, you're, you can be in big trouble. Uh, and that's what makes this Xfinity Series so just fascinating to me is that we don't have a lot of guys right there who's got a lot of wins in Martinsville and a lot of experience in Martinsville. Uh, a guy I'm going to look out for, I'm going to go with Chastain too, but a guy I want to keep an eye on is Brett Moffitt in the O2. He's got a lot of truck starts, a lot of truck experience. He's going to be running the truck race as well on Friday night. So he could be somebody to look out for uh, as well. Truck series race at Martinsville, Spencer. Who do you got winning? Uh, Brett Moffitt, just because he has a lot of starts there, and I know all the truck guys have a lot of starts there, but he's uh, GMS is very, very good, um, and he has you know more experience than Zane Smith would there, and um, you know Tyler Ankum would there, and so probably Brett Moffitt. I'm gonna go Grand Finger. I think he's a great short track. He was great at, at Richmond when they went there a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think he's somebody to keep an eye on for sure. A guy uh, that I wouldn't sleep on as well, and I don't know how the hell he's running the Truck Series race this weekend. I don't know how they allow him. Ben, uh, Brandon Jones, excuse me, uh, in the 51, uh, you know, Xfinity Series regular. I guess you could say the same thing about Moffitt, although he's not running for points in Xfinity. But I don't know how the heck he's, he's allowed to run that race. But whatever it is, he's somebody to keep an eye out for. Accomplished Motorsports is great. Jones has run this race the past couple of years in the Truck Series, so he's certainly somebody – to keep an eye on uh, in in the Truck Series race. I want to thank Spencer. I know um, Thursday night's not our usually our, our normal time, but with the race being pushed back, felt like it was best to do this show on Thursday. We missed um, Philip Matthew. We hope you check out his Grip Strip podcast. If you haven't already, he'll be back here next week, certainly breaking down all three races from Martinsville. And go listen. If any weekend you want to watch all three races, it is this weekend at Martinsville. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, 
we have a caller here. Yeah, who's calling? Actually, Clayton, it's Quentin. I just wanted to make sure I caught the tail end of your show. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. You guys were talking about wrecks and things being thrown up into the crowd and what you're risking besides, uh, you know, just taking the other guy out. There was a race earlier this year, and I think it was Darlington or Charlotte, where it's a pretty damn good thing that there was no one in the crowd because a couple guys sprayed their cars apart, and you could just see the shrapnel going up in the seats and that I wanted to get in earlier on that, but I was too late. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there's no question. Wrecks are dangerous, uh, especially wrecks like that. Like you said, when shrapnel gets and, and debris gets pushed into the stands, um, there's certainly there's certainly no question about that. But listen, it, you also can look at what Kyle Busch did at Darlington a few uh, earlier in the year with Chase Elliott, and a lot of people look at that and thought maybe Kyle should have been suspended there. But that's again, to me, it's just let these drivers police themselves. Chase Elliott was Kyle Busch one. I really believe that. And, uh, you know, that's the way I look at things. But, Clinton, thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for the call. We're going to wrap no it up problem. Here I wish I could have got in earlier with you guys, but I just yeah. got to the office. Oh, we, yeah, no problem. We, we appreciate the call. And uh, we'll see you next time here on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody. Yes, sir.